Hello and welcome to the New Year's Day Time to Ride podcast with me, Simon the Spokesman Macrath. This week, my guest is Warwickshire Cycles owner, David Winkett. Good mate, you alright? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome to Time to Ride. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. I trust you've had a good Christmas. Um, yeah, it was alright. It's a bit different one, wasn't it? So well, you've seen the pair. Yeah. You got you got all our snow. <laughs> what, what happened there? Not here, not here Simon. It's um, it's actually not very uh, it's not very snowy at all now. And it was only a light covering, and now it's uh, and now it's gone. So um, there you go. <laughs> Didn't last long. <laughs> oh, we we were hearing things like six foot drifts and stuff like that, and <laughs> we haven't got anything up here. <laughs> no, cer- certainly not six foot drifts. A little. It was like icing sugar for a uh, for a ten minutes, and then it's gone. Oh. So uh, yeah, per- still perfectly rideable, Simon. Yes. All right. Well, we we woke up to a light dusting this morning, and uh, yeah, and the kids went berserk. So yes, <laughs> yes. Well, let's get straight down to business then, Dave. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to take you back to your twenty-one year tenure at Halfords. Um, <laughs> And okay. I was just looking through a few things and product and bike design between 27 and 20, 2017 and 2018. Yeah. Um, because people will be thinking, oh, that's such a glamorous job. Um, can you put your name to anything that we would use on a daily basis now? Um, Colour schemes on some careers, probably. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so so that was my final year at, at Halfords. That was so um, it, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. So that was so it was yeah, exactly my final year from from the day I went back, pretty much to the day I finished was was with bike design with Ben and Justin and um, and. And uh, yeah, and, and my job basically was to, to uh, work with them guys and uh, produce the 2019 colour schemes on Carreras and, and names and spec in the bikes and uh, all that, all that stuff. Working with, um, the, you know, Ben with the Far East and then getting the samples in, checking, checking the samples over, uh, making sure they were they were good enough, basically. So the bikes we had in, we... we um, check them over make sure you could build them efficiently uh making sure the quality was good so it was a, it was a good year but one of my favorite years actually so uh yeah good good stuff well you touched on there you came back now 2016 yes. was a very very eventful year for you uh yeah. particularly in the month of august and uh, yeah. a little bit of an encounter with the glibier i believe yeah 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 so um yeah, it seems like um, it seems like quite a long time ago now, Simon. But it's um, it's still fresh. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, so we um, I started to go to 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 France to France with my uh, with my dad mainly because he's still he's still a bit of a hero on the bike. So he's um, he, he's been a cyclist for all his life and, and has been been many clubs and 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 didn't hadn't gone to um the alps or the pyrenees and i wanted to go so um we started to go every year and um the uh the first time we went to the alps it was after we'd been to the pyrenees twice i think so we went to the alps and um and it was it was fantastic and uh there was one ride um on the last day we was there 
and it's marked Simon by um, a very famous moment in in the tour. So um, on on that day, you remember Chris Froome running running up Mont Ventoux in his um, cycling shoes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it was that day, and um, it was windy. That was my excuse, anyway. So it was really windy that day, <laughs> and uh, and we uh, <clears throat> yeah. So so. Um, with the Chris Froome running, it, it was exactly it was uh, exactly that a little bit after that time actually. So um, it, we uh, we'd done a we'd done a few a few of the hills that day. We'd um, we'd done four. You know, that, my dad had done three, and we was kind of riding back. And 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 I uh, apparently said to him, I, I'd like to do the Galibier once more before we go back to the hotel. So. So we, uh, he'd had enough and uh, he, he kind of said, look, if you want to go and do that, go and do that. Um, and he went back. Um, it was only five odd mile back to the hotel sort of thing. So we'd, um, I, I, the Galibier was on the way back and it was kind of too much of a, a thing, you know, to, a draw. To, so I went up, um, I went up the Galibier once more um, I don't remember much about the final climb, to be honest with you now. But I, uh, I got, to, I know I got to the, got to the top, um, did some photographs at the at the top of the Galibier, <laughs> and then uh, and then started to descend it quick, um, and then uh, and then on the on the third hairpin, we actually, actually wasn't even on a hairpin, so I can't say it was a hairpin. It was on the straight bit <laughs> before before a big. Before before the big hairpin back in near the top, uh, and I, I, I come off. I can't. I uh, come off quite um, quite quite badly. Um, don't obviously don't remember any of it. But um, yeah, it's uh, I. I it, it was on a, it was on a big stretch. It was on. I was obviously strong. I was on at the time, so I exactly know exactly where it is. And I've been past it a few times since, uh, twice since, and uh, and yeah, it's was, it was on a straight bit of road. Um, I apparently met a guy at the top, a Belgian guy, who uh, who, who said to his wife, who was there, that, that guy's going to have trouble on the way down because his bike looks very. I was on a, I was on a bike with that um, was very aero at the time. It had fifty mil, fifty fifty mil deep section rims, and it was it, with the wind. <laughs> that's my excuse. Um, that, that's uh, I must have caught I must have caught caught something on the way on the way, and uh, and that was it. So uh, I must have gone over. Obviously, went over uh, over a, a rocky bit and hit my head immediately, and then and then that was it. So uh, and it was quick. You know, I was I was pretty quick at the time. So it was uh, downhill down a big long straight. So uh, I was obviously travelling, and then that's all. I don't remember that. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I woke up. Um, so that happened on the 15th of uh, July and I woke up on the 2nd of August. So, uh, yeah, a couple of three weeks in the middle. And then uh, there you go. But, How long did it take yeah. you to get your head around actually visiting the site of the crash? Because I've got a very good friend. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, heard of Augustus Farmer, the photographer. Yeah. Um, okay. And he's had a big crash and he's got permanent damage. Um a traumatic brain injury um, yeah. and lots of other issues. Um, told he would never ride a bike again, um, and he cannot. He can't yeah. ride a bike, but he can do it on a static trainer. 
Um, yeah. he, could, he, he was told he'd, he'd never kind of walk or anything like that. And if he's listening, yeah. please correct me, uh, Gus, if, if you um, want to add anything to that. But I don't know if he's visited the site of his incident yet. And I've had a few offs, shall we say, over the years. And it, compared to your yeah. kind of crashes, this is nothing. Um, but it's it, even now, when I go back to a, a, a site where I came off and was hospitalised eventually... It still, it still evokes those kind of memories of that day, and oh, I wish I hadn't gone out that day, or I wish I, why didn't I see that? You know, I, I, yeah, I yeah. missed a drop off once, and you know, I ended up compacting yeah. three yeah. vertebra and uh, triple hernia, yeah. and you're thinking, why wow. did I bother going out that day? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's a strange thing because you do question yourself on what what you, I mean, fortunately. I can't remember anything. So, so on. So the tape recorder wasn't on when I came off. So, you know, when you, you liken it to if you travel to work and you ask yourself, can you remember the section between point A and point B somewhere? If you if you didn't see anything that's going to trigger a memory of that exact point, you won't remember it. It's it's if if it's recording. If you see something that you think, oh, actually, that was there. And if it doesn't happen, then you're not going to remember. Yeah. It's just another time. And uh, and I don't remember anything, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, up an hour before and, and certainly not anything after for, for obviously for three odd weeks, two, three weeks. So, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a uh, it's a strange thing. Um, and um, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate to get away with it as well as I kind of have done it had it has had effects you know on on my on on on, and it won't ever you know there's certain things I can do and not do and and now and uh and and and, and, uh, yeah I I think I'm fortunate to be honest with you yeah yeah so not something anybody would want to experience, I don't think. Um, it's, it's our worst nightmare. And everybody says if you ever encounter anything like that, your life flashes before your eyes. Um, obviously, that's not the case because you can't, you can't recall no, that. because I don't remember it. So yeah. There's a few things that happened on, on, the, on that, on that uh, mountain that, that, that was incredibly lucky. The guy that I, I did saw me at the top. Um, it, it, there was a couple of couples, um, and 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 they were both. The, the, one of the Belgian guy, his wife was a nurse, and I'd stopped breathing and uh, and all sorts of stuff, and 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 I wasn't. I just wasn't in a very good shape. So so she so she and her husband did the the life support bit for about an hour before the helicopter came. So they kind of kept me alive. And there was another guy there as well. Um, he uh, he's French. In fact, I've got that mixed up. It's the French guy that's got the nurse, um, who's a girl, who's his wife, uh, and a Belgian guy. He was there helping with his wife as well. So, so if it weren't for them two people, I definitely, definitely wouldn't be here. So you know, thank God that they were there at the time and they saw they saw what happened as well. And I said it was spectacular. <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna go, so, go in style, yes. yeah. Go in style. So uh, yeah. So and, uh, and I've seen exactly where it was, and and they uh, yeah, and and I was just lucky they were there. Really lucky. So uh, yeah. Well, without getting too yarnerish, has yeah. it changed your belief system at all? Because I know I know I 
periods of oh, periods of time in my life, I, I firmly believe that I've got somebody looking over me. Um, and you're thinking, why am I still here? Um, and like you've said, it just so happens that the French guy's wife was a nurse and you'd stop breathing. Yeah. And, and it's all for a reason. And it's, you know, I look at what you're doing now and if like, well, if that maybe hadn't happened on the Galibier, you, these things might not have happened in the future. Um, you might not be where you are now with Warwickshire Cycles. You might have just kind of, yeah, got on, carried on the daily grind at Halfords. What did on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think Simon, the, 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 before, before this happened, um, before July 2016, on the run-up to that, things were happening at Halfords anyway. Um, with, with the training team and this, that, and the other. So the, the writing was probably going to be on the wall anyway for me to not be there for much longer in a training environment. So, you know, that, that, that I'm also very aware of that. And it, it made it a very uncomfortable when I went back as well. So it's a very difficult thing to do. Go back to the work where you think, actually, that lots of people around me aren't here anymore um, where they were, were, but when I come back and actually, you know, um, and, and I, I worked with Ben in, in, in the bike design team for, for pretty much all of that, which was really good. But yeah, that, you know, I, I think to answer your question, um, if that hadn't have happened, um, I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with um, a couple of people afterwards when I left Halfords that if I hadn't have worked with them, I wouldn't have had the, I, I wouldn't have had the, um, What's the word? The uh, the confidence, really, to just to just to um, actually, I can do this by myself now. I don't really need to work for anyone. I can I can do this on my own. So, no, it, it's <laughs> and that's a, and that's the thing. So, um, I think you're right. I, th I think the I think there is um, it. It's how you react to things, isn't it? And um, and and I'm quite happy fixing bikes, Simon, and um, you know, repairing bikes and selling them. So. Yeah, it, it, it probably somewhere th there was a silver line into it all, and that's probably it. Yeah. yeah. Just to backtrack a little bit there, because obviously I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I think I was just on my way out of Halford's 17, 18. But I think we were both there at a period where they had such an opportunity. Look at some of the people we worked with and for who have gone on to supreme things but were laid off, made redundant, um, or weren't made to, uh, their worth didn't feel valued. Um, and, and I'm still in touch with a few of these guys, uh, Andy Parkin, Steve Martin, Martin Emerson. These are all the guys who are on the cycling side. And Halford's had an opportunity there to be a massive hitter, not just in the kind of, we'll call them family budget bikes with the Carreras and what have you. 13 was possibly an avenue if they'd pursued it in the right manner, you know. Um, I just think they missed a trick. They started laying people off. Um, Andy Gray, the workshops manager, he had some fantastic ideas. I know he's now running his own business. These people were forward thinkers. And, you know, you've got Steve Marson now, the CEO of Velaforte. And you're thinking, this could have all been part of the, I want to say, Halford's dream. Obviously, it wasn't the Halford's dream. They didn't 
want to pursue that. And, and you look at it now and the cycling side of things there is, is almost non-existent at times. It's been a, so, so it's been backed up by a really difficult year because in cycling as well, I mean, I, I totally, totally agree. You know, the, um, the, there's, there's people that I've worked with there and that I work with in people development, great, great cycling guys. And, um, and obviously not, they're not there anymore. I think obviously the big companies, you know, they, I think you, you kind of, you do your time there and you learn, you learn how to do things and then you, and then you, you leave and you, you relearn and, and, and uh, yeah, it's, um, they, they, obviously, obviously departments, you take on younger people, you, you know, you, you, you get to earn a, a certain amount. And then you earn kind of a little bit too much for them to to feel that you're, uh, you know, and then and then it, it, that's what happens. So uh, and it's the same with a lot of other people as well. So it's um, yeah, it's you know it, it, it gets rejuvenated, doesn't it? And then the older people leave, bring the youngsters in. But yeah, that's that, that's kind of life, I think. So um, yeah, I think for me it was difficult because I was passionate about things. And, and cycling is a very passionate sport, and you know that. And you feel like you've invested something. You've given a little bit of you to the company. and For sure. And, and, and it, it's business. And do you know what? They don't care. And it, it's like, what, what do you mean you don't care? And they're not faceless because somebody tells you, no, that, it, do you know what? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's what yeah. struck me more than anything was I invested, and, and I, I still kind of look out for these people that I've worked with in the past. And it's great because they've still got that passion and have gone on to other things. And you're just thinking, was there nobody in the business structure at the top could see the passion that was in their business? And if they did, they didn't care. Um, and obviously the, the managing director at the time had moved on. I think he'd gone to Tesco's and somebody else had come in. And it's like, ah, that's, that's for me. That's when the, the, the kind of the worm turned a little bit. It's like he yeah. was really passionate and he he really was kind of trying to nurture these young guys coming through and they had a lot of passion. But that's when it changed for me. And yes, I got offered another job and, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it was a very difficult time because of that passion that just got left by the wayside. Um, and, and people like yourself, you know, you've gone back in 17 and it's like, yeah, the, the cards are on the table, so to speak. Um, Difficult stuff, going back to work, having had that and then knowing that actually, well, that was a, it was a tough year, tough, tough, tough year, but you know, I, I kind of reconciled it. It's very, very difficult. And you, you go through, you go through pretty tough times, you know, for, for all the reasons you just, you just mentioned, you know, you, you're passionate about what you do. You, you've you've had to relearn things to to get on in a different environment in 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 the you know the the center environment, head office head office environment. You have to learn how to use different programs, and it's difficult stuff. So, um, and then and then that's it. You know, and it's it's incredibly difficult. But um, yeah, and and it, you know, I've as I say, work people have really found it difficult to. You know, and I did at first. You know, it, it, it's but then you, you the the uh, the bit in you that, that says actually, just get on with it. 
just go go and do what you what you as you make a decision about look what what do you, what would you like to do what was your best job actually I like fixing bikes and I like selling bikes so I'm going to try and do that for quite a while if I can but that, that's so that, that's it that's that's and then you know you have to back yourself to do it and financially as well which is scary that's and, the um, scary bit you know, is is yeah. that how the bill's going to get paid here it's like we've got a mortgage to pay there's Food needs yeah, put on yeah. the table, um, yeah. and and give. No, I don't know about no. you guys. We've just gone into tier four, and I can't get into work anymore. And it's like, yeah. I've, it's like, oh, what's, what's? But it is what it is, and I, I, I know exactly what you're saying there. You've got to back yourself, and and that's the thing that I would say to anybody out there. Um, if if you've got thoughts of it. Don't put them off. I've put them off for so many years because I didn't back myself and find myself working for other people, find myself very anxious working for those people, thinking I worry too much about somebody else's business and actually put a lot of hours into this. And why can't I do that for myself? And lo and behold, I found myself in a position where, hold on, back yourself, sunshine. Have a go. What have you got to lose? At the end of the day, you can always go and work behind a bar if it all goes pear-shaped. So it's like, yeah, I, yeah. Um, and I have to thank you because you've been a bit of a, a boot up the bum at times. Um, and it's, yeah. well, it is. Sometimes you need those people behind you. Just, yeah, yeah. just go and do it. And it's a little bit of a support. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And, and, and well done, you know, just, just, uh, just do. What's the? What is the worst thing that happened? You're probably not going to be living in a cardboard box, Simon. You know, it's, it's yeah. you know, just, just, um, just do it, and uh, you'll, you'll kick yourself in 10, 20 years' time if you don't do it, and you think actually, I should have given it a bit of a bit of a bit of a tickle and see what happens. But uh, yeah. yes. so I, I think this is a really good point to um, mention your good lady Tammy because. What a, support, <laughs> what a support network you've got because she must have gone yeah. through the rinser in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not you to so say you, so you, you have a, you have a spill um, and then uh, a bad one. And then it's, it's not you that has to deal with it immediately. It's, it's, you, it's people that are close to you and it's very, very, uh, it's tough on them, not on you. You just have to get better. And it actually, if you're a cyclist, it's not that hard. Because you, especially if you if you've put a few miles in, and you you've got a you know you've got a good heart, you've got good lungs, you you're strong sort of thing. So it's actually, it's not that I didn't find it that tricky to do. <laughs> it just it just kind of it just worked. So um, and, and I was, to be fair, quite lucky. But um, but yeah, Tammy, um, very 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 difficult, and her family and my family, etc. Uh, and when you wake up from from that situation, you say some pretty awful stuff. So you you wake up angry, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre thing. I, I, I remember not knowing where my trainers were. That was that was the first thing. Where are my trainers? What 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 am I actually am I doing here? And and I was quite vocal about my trainers. And um, yeah, so really silly stuff. <laughs> but yeah, she had to sit through hours of ranting and sort of thing and yeah about all sorts of weird stuff that you know sort of (laughs) it's anything that came into my head basically (laughs) blame the diamorphine yeah that's it yeah i think it 
stuff that um, uh, I was on pretty much uh, what they used to put horses to sedate horses. Oh, ketamine, operation. yes. Yeah. So that was, that was, um, that must, it, 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 when I think back, it, it, there were some very vivid dreams and it must have been that stuff, you know. So, and, and, you know, my dreams that the, the, <laughs> were about Halfords and, and, and uh, oh. what was going Nightmares. It was horrible. Yeah. Bright orange. It'd have been even brighter. <laughs> well, that, that was the thing for me. My dreams were in technicolor. And it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it, and they're still very vivid now. And I'm talking, yeah. what's the truth? <laughs> you know, nearly nearly yeah. 30 years on. And it's like, those dreams are still wow. very, very vivid in my, because I, I went to art school and I wrote them all yeah. down. And it's like, wow, these are, you know, that's what got me through art college. It's like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you say art college? I went to art college up in Carlisle. Yeah. Um, wow. And yeah, I was just doing the kind of the young man thing, I think. It's like, yeah. yeah. Art school. Delusions yeah. of grandeur. <laughs> like, yeah. I did that yeah. as well. That's why I asked Simon. So I, I, yeah, I did graphics and, and art and yeah. I, I thought I could cut it. I thought I'd, I could do something. Else. <laughs> uh, but it, I think it's that creative side of things. It's, yeah. it's a very tactile kind of person, and I like to be hands-on. And I think you've got to explore a few avenues, you know. And I, I, um, I don't know if you follow uh, James Arnold on Instagram or anything. He does some cycling images that you just think these are fantastic, you know. Um, and and I've just bought one of his. Uh, he did one of Lance Armstrong. What a fantastic piece of work! And I, anybody listening to this. Look up little James Arnold on Instagram. His work is fantastic. Oh, uh, will yeah, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, missed opportunity on my part. I think um, didn't have that foresight <laughs> of bringing yeah. cycling and art together. <laughs> I should have done that. Like, oh. Yeah. So let's bring you to things where you are now. Um, Warwickshire yeah. Cycles. Um, yeah. What's the what's the trend at the moment? Um, yeah, I've just been looking at one or two things, and I'm thinking, oh, should get those in for myself. But what, what, are you, yeah. what are you witnessing at the moment in the in the actual all these new people coming to cycling with the whole COVID and coronavirus? Lots more people coming to cycling. Are they going gravel riding? Are they going for electric bikes or sticking to traditional push bikes? So it's a, so <clears throat> about a. Uh... About six, about six, seven months ago, um, so I, w- I worked with a guy who, who's a very, very good businessman, and that's the that's the bit that I I was missing out of my out of my um, my armory, if you like, for want of a better word. I, d- I didn't really know about. I worked for the big companies, but didn't really know about running a small business, and he, he's very, very good at it. So I learned quite a bit of him, um, and, and he's into electric bikes. And, um, and and just before COVID, um, we, we we saw a massive. You know, we sold out of everything. We 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 were selling off spreadsheets, um, bikes that were coming in, and just it was just crazy. So um, and at that point, just after that, um, I I decided that actually I could probably I wanted to do it um, by myself. Um, and and there was an opportunity for me to to do it so i absolutely did it um primarily electric bikes because that's where all the growth is um lots and lots of people want electric bikes and i, and I like electric bikes because 
it enables people to ride who wouldn't necessarily be riding. That that's the bit that that I like. It, just getting bums on seats, just seeing more people riding bikes was the thing that I liked about it. And I thought actually I can sell these bikes, I can repair them, I can do all the technological stuff that you didn't need to do to update them and this, that and the other. So I thought, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I can do this for myself. So um, so I did. So I went back and, and started to build a shop and then very primitive at the time. And, and, then, um, and then slowly but surely um, built the stock up, trying to get stock in, in, at the beginning of COVID, you know, at the beginning of that was just crazy. So trying to get bikes, just trying to get parts, trying to get anything was, was difficult. So um, got, got me some, got some suppliers. Um, some of them were brilliant. Um, uh, all of them were really. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then started to sell bikes and, re and repair bikes. So the repairs, Simon, is the thing that, that, that for yourself as well, that, that um, the internet can't repair bikes. Um, you can. And, and, and that's the bit that I like about if you're not selling bikes, actually lots and lots of people still want their bikes repaired. And, and it's good. It's good stuff. You do a good job and, and you, you, um, people don't want paying money for, for, for somebody who does the job well. And, and, and you know, you, you go a little bit more than bit, bit more than what's expected, um, et cetera, and then start building, building your business up um and then yeah and i'm still doing that it's still very early days um but um but even in december didn't sell many bikes in december it's been a crazy month like looking back over the years december's traditionally as you'd say it been where we where we're from been very busy but this december november was brilliant mm -hmm. december was rubbish so um still repaired bikes in december but I think January, February again will start to start to pick up again, even in tier four, mate, to be honest. So, um, yeah, which we're in as well. Yeah. yeah. Going back to your traumatic brain injury, um, was I, I know that Halford's set up a, we'll call it a sponsored bike ride for want of a better word, um, in August. Um, was there a charity that you had in mind um, when they were raising that money, because I want to, I want to highlight that through the medium of this podcast. And because like I say, I, I've got a very good friend um, that I met over in Nice um, on the Paris Nice tour uh, when I was working over there, Gus Farmer. Uh, and I know he's got, you know, he still is in the South of France, but he's, he's a long way from home, shall we say. Um, but he lives over there now. Um, but what charity did you kind of designate to be the recipient of your, um, what shall we say, sponsored bike ride that Evans put on? Um, I don't know. There, no? there, there, was, there wasn't, there wasn't a, um, no, so they, they did a sponsored bike ride. Um, Halfords would have, um, from the sponsorship money that they raised, I'd imagine went to the Halfords, um, the Halfords um, charity at the time, which would have been Macmillan at the time, I think. Uh -huh. uh, there's guys that, um, so they did a number of things. So um, they did some money out of that 
sponsored bike ride, but they also, so don't forget at the time they didn't think I was coming back. Right. So, so at the time, I think the writing was on the wall. I was, I was in quite a bad state. Uh Um, Veins were closing. um, uh, And uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good situation. So, um, they uh, so the guys raised some money for me. Um, it wasn't the bike ride thing. They did a uh, th- th- somebody set up a Facebook page, and, and and some people donated to a Facebook page, and a lot of them funds went to help my recovery, um, which was quite long. Um, <laughs> so when you, the recovery period of, of when you when you have an accident and when you start to properly recover is, is quite a long time. So, um, but um, yeah, I don't know about a uh, I don't, the sponsored bike ride bit. Don't know about, and I don't know what happened with that. Um, no. <laughs> well, I think that just about I could talk for hours to you, Dave. I'll be honest yeah. with you, um, but I know some people don't like to hear me wittering on. That's for sure. Um, so I think it probably is a, a good time to sign off um, and just time for me to wish you and Tammy um, a very happy new year, a happy and prosperous new year. Um, it could be a very interesting year, I think, for all of us in the cycle industry. Thanks, Simon. Lovely to speak to you um, and have a great new year, mate. Fantastic. Look after yourself. Say my love yeah. to Tammy. Take care, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Simon. Bye. See you later. See ya. Just as a footnote to my interview with Dave, he just brought to my attention the importance of holiday insurance, certainly on a cycling holiday. Um, I've got a few numbers here to to throw at you. Um, On his return back to the UK in September, the total bill would have come to £158,000. So just to reiterate, uh, it's a very sobering thought that if something were to happen out on your holiday, that's what it could cost you. So don't forget that cycle insurance. You've been listening to the Time to Ride podcast with me, Simon, the spokesman, Macrath, brought to you this week by Warwickshire Cycles and the spokesman, Bespoke Bicycle Wheel Building and Repairs.